Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, A Modern Rendering, Chapter 39 Baba's Knowledge of Sanskrit This chapter discusses Baba's interpretation of a verse from the Bhagavad Gita. Some people did not believe that Baba knew Sanskrit. But given his interpretive teachings to Nana Sahib, the Madpant refuted that objection in Chapter 50. As Chapter 50 deals with the same subject matter, it is incorporated into this chapter. Preliminary Blessed is Shirdi, and blessed is the Dwarkamai, where Sri Sai lived and moved until he took Mahasamadhi. Blessed are the people of Shirdi whom he helped and for whom he came such a long distance. Shirdi was a small village at first, but it attained great importance on account of his contact and became a Tirtha, a holy place of pilgrimage. Equally blessed are the women of Shirdi. Blessed is their complete and undivided faith in him. They sang the glories of Baba while bathing, grinding, pounding corn, and doing other housework. Blessed is their love, for they sang sweet songs, which calm and pacify the minds of the singers and listeners. Baba's Interpretation Nobody believed that Baba knew Sanskrit. One day, he surprised everyone by giving a good interpretation of a verse from the Bhagavad Gita to Nana Sahib. A brief account of this was written by B.V. Deo and published in Marathi in Sri Sai Lila magazine. Short accounts of this are also published in Sai Baba's Charters and Sayings and in The Wondrous Saint Sai Baba, both by B.V. Narasimha Swami. B.V. Deo has also given an English version of this in his statement. As he received this account firsthand from Nana Sahib, his version is given here. Nana Sahib was a good student of Vedanta. He had read the Bhagavad Gita with commentaries and prided himself on his knowledge. He imagined that Baba knew nothing of all this or of Sanskrit. So one day, Baba pricked this bubble. Those were the days before crowds flocked to Baba and Baba had solitary talks in the masjid with devotees. Nana Sahib was sitting near Baba and massaging his legs and muttering to himself. Baba said, Nana, what are you mumbling to yourself? Nana replied, I am reciting a sloka in Sanskrit 
What sloka? Baba asked. Nana replied, From the Bhagavad Gita. Baba commanded, Say it loudly. Nana then recited the verse from the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4, verse 34. Tadvidi pratipatena pariprashnena sevaya upadekshanti te nyanam yaninatatva dashinaha. Baba asked, Nana, do you understand it? Yes, said Nana. Baba said, if you do, then tell me. Nana responded, Know that by means of Shastanga Namaskar, inquiry and service to the Guru, Yanis, who have realized the truth, will teach you Yana, which is knowledge. Baba said, Nana, I do not want a paraphrase of the whole stanza. Give me each word, its grammatical meaning, mood, and tense. Then Nana explained it word by word. Baba asked, Nana, is it enough to merely do prostrations? Nana replied, I do not know any other meaning for the word pranipata other than making prostrations. What is pariprashna? asked Baba. Asking questions, Nanda replied. Baba asked, What does prashna mean? The same, questioning. If pariprashna means the same as prashna, why did Vyasa add the prefix pari? Was Vyasa off his head? asked Baba. Nana said, I do not know of any other meaning for the word pariprashna. Baba continued and asked, Seva, what sort of seva is meant? Nana replied, just what we are doing always, like massaging your legs. Baba asked, Is it enough to render such service? I do not know what more is signified by the word seva, responded Nana. Baba asked, In the next line, Padikshanti Tejanam can you read it with another word instead of jnanam? Yes, said Nana. What word? Baba asked. Adhyanam, replied Nana. Using adhyanam instead of jnanam, can any meaning be made out of the verse? Baba inquired. No. Shankarabhasya gives no such construction, Nana said. Never mind if he doesn't. Is there any objection to using the word atyanam if it makes better sense? Baba asked.
Nana replied, I do not understand how to interpret it by placing Atyanam in it. Baba asked, Why does Krishna ask Arjuna to go to Yanis or Tattvadarshis to get Yana? Was not Krishna himself a Yani? Nana replied, Yes, he was, but I do not understand why he was sending Arjuna to Yanis. Baba asked, Have you not understood? Nana was humiliated. His pride was knocked on the head. Then Baba began to explain. One, it is not enough merely to prostrate before Yanis. We must do a complete surrender to the Sadguru. Two, inquiry must be a constant quest for the truth. Questions must not be made with improper motive or an attitude to trap the guru to try to catch mistakes in their answer or out of idle curiosity. It must be made with devotion, humility, and a sincere desire to achieve moksha or spiritual realization. 3. Seva is not service with a feeling that you are free to give or refuse service. You must feel that the body does not belong to you. Since you surrendered it to the Guru, it exists only to give service to him. If this is done, the Sadguru will show you what the Yana referred to in the previous stanza is. Nana still did not understand what was meant by saying that the Guru teaches Ayana. Baba explained, How is Yana Upadesh, the imparting of realization, to be achieved? Destroying ignorance is Yana. The Yaneshwari commentary of the Gita says, Removal of ignorance is like this, O Arjuna. If dream and sleep disappear, you are yourself. It is like that. It also says, Is there anything else in jnana besides the destruction of ignorance? Expelling darkness means light. Destroying duality means non-duality. Whenever we speak of destroying duality, we speak of non-duality. Whenever we speak of destroying darkness, we talk of light. If we have to realize the non-dual state, the feeling of duality in ourselves, has to be removed. That is the realization of the non-dual state. Who can speak of non-duality while remaining in duality? Unless one gets into that state, how can one know it 
and realize it. One must enter the non-dual state to know it and realize it. Again, the Shisha, the disciple, like the Sadguru, is really the embodiment of jnana. The difference between the two lies in the level of consciousness, self-realization, sattva, and divine powers. The Sadguru is nirguna, formless, satchitananda, existence, consciousness, and bliss. Even though he has taken human form to elevate mankind and raise the world, his true formless nature is not destroyed even a bit. His beingness or reality, divine power and wisdom remain undiminished. The disciple is also the same Swarupa, the same divine form but it is overlaid with the effect of samskaras, the karmic impressions from innumerable births, which take the shape of ignorance and which hides from view that which he is, Shuddha Chaitanya, pure consciousness. As stated, he gets the impression, I am a jiva, an individual, lowly and poor, The guru has to root out these offshoots of ignorance and has to give upadesh, or instruction, to the disciple held spellbound for endless births by the idea of being an individual, lowly and poor. The guru imparts the teaching over hundreds of births. You are God. You are mighty and magnificent. Then he realizes, bit by bit, that he is really God. The perpetual delusion under which the disciple is laboring, that he is the body, that he is an individual or an ego, that God, Paramatma, and the world are different from him, is an error inherited from innumerable past births. From actions based on this misunderstanding, he has derived his joy, sorrow, and mixture of both. To remove this delusion, this error, this root ignorance, he must start the inquiry. How did the ignorance arise? Where is it? To show him, this is called the Guru's. Upadesh. The following are instances of adhyana, ignorance. The false notions that constitute adhyana are I am a jiva, I am the body, God, the world, and the jiva are different. I am not God. 
not knowing that body is not the soul, not knowing that God, the world, and jiva are one. Unless these errors are exposed to him, the disciple cannot learn the reality of what is God, jiva, the world, and the body, and how they are interrelated and whether they are different from each other or one and the same. To teach him the correct understanding and destroy his ignorance, the Sadguru imparts instruction in jnana or adhyana. Why should jnana be imparted to the jiva, who is jnana-murti, a form of knowledge? Upadesh is merely to show him his error and destroy his ignorance. Baba added, Pranipata implies surrender. Surrender must be of body, mind, and wealth. Why should Krishna refer Arjuna to yanis other than himself? The true devotee sees everything to be God. Any guru will be Krishna to the devotee. And the guru sees the disciple to be God. And Krishna treats the disciple as both his prana and his atma. As Sri Krishna knows that there are such devotees and gurus, he refers Arjuna to them so that their greatness may increase and be known. Construction of the Samadhi Mandir Baba never talked nor made any fuss about the things he wanted to accomplish, but he so skillfully arranged the circumstances and surroundings that the people were surprised at the slow but sure results attained. The construction of the Samadhi Mandir is an instance in point. Bapu Sahibuti, the famous millionaire of Nagpur, lived in Shirdi with his family. Once an idea arose in his mind that he should have a building of his own there. Sometime after this, while he was sleeping in Dixit's Wada, he had a vision. Baba appeared to him in his dream and ordered him to build a Wada of his own with a temple. Shama, who was sleeping there, also had a similar vision. When Bapu Sahib was awakened, he saw Shama crying and asked him why. Shama replied that in his vision, Baba came close to him and clearly ordered, Build the Wada with the temple. I shall fulfill the desires of all. Hearing Baba's sweet and loving words, I was overpowered with emotion. My throat was choked. My eyes were overflowing with tears, and I began to cry. Baba Sahib was surprised to see that both their visions were the same. Being a rich and capable man, he decided to build a water there and drew up a plan with Shama. Kaka Sahib Dixit also approved of it 
When it was placed before Baba, he approved it immediately. Then the construction work was started under Shama's supervision. The ground floor, cellar, and well were completed. While walking on the way to and from Lundy, Baba suggested certain improvements. Further work was entrusted to Bapu Sahib Jag, and when it was going on, an idea struck Bapu Sahib Bhuti's mind that there should be an open room or platform, in the center of which would be installed the image of Murlidhar, Lord Krishna with the flute. He asked Shama to get Baba's permission for this. Shama asked Baba about this when Baba was passing by the Wada. After listening to Shama, Baba gave his consent, saying, After the temple is complete, I will come there to stay. Then staring at the Wada, he added, After the Wada is complete, we shall use it ourselves. We shall live, move, and play there and embrace each other and be happy. Then Shama asked Baba whether this was an auspicious time to begin the foundation work of the central room of the shrine. Baba answered yes. Shama got a coconut, broke it, and started the work. In due time, the work was completed, and an order was also given for making a good image of Murlidhar. But before it was ready, something happened. Baba became seriously ill and was about to pass away. Baba Sahib Bhuti became very sad and dejected, thinking that if Baba passed away, his water would not be blessed by the holy touch of Baba's feet and all his money would be wasted. But the words, place me in the water, which came out of Baba's mouth just before passing away, consoled not only Bapu Saheb, but one and all. In due time, Baba's holy body was placed and preserved in the central shrine meant and designed for Murlidhar. And Baba himself became Murlidhar, and the water became the Samadhi Mandir of Sai Baba. His wonderful life is unfathomable. Blessed and fortunate is Bapu Sahib Bhuti, in whose water lies the holy and pure body of Baba. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's The Sri Sai Satcharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda. For more content like this online, please go to divinelineage.org scifamily.org and peacefires.org To learn more about Monica 
please go to monicapenaconda.org.